my dad was 100% Jewish. My mom was, you know, she was half and half, divided. I don't know which half of her is Christian. Uh, you know what? I call myself Mara, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I don't try and get into the identity politics of the things. You know, I'll express my views, but I don't need to label. I, I, it wasn't something I woke up one day and said, you know, I'm going to be an atheist. It was um, just becoming, the more I became familiar with religion, the less I accepted it <laughs> as valid and meaningful in my life. Let's put it this way. At first, I started disapproving of this so-called God that was represented in, in the uh, Old Testament, you know, for instance. And I decided this is not somebody I would want as my next-door neighbor, you know, let alone somebody I'm going to worship as a God, you know. So God fell from grace with me, you know. And it just was, that's, it just snowballed, you know, from that point on to complete rejection. Yeah. My name is Mara Dunbar, and I ride the Atheist Underground. There is no God. Then why are we whispering? Stand by to receive our transmission. Logic clearly dictates. If you're an atheist, scream atheist! I mean, but what is an atheist? I don't know. An atheist is someone who doesn't quite believe that there is somebody out there, some god out there. Well, then to me, you're an idiot. From beautiful downtown in Philadelphia, in the state of apostasy, it's the Atheist Underground. It's pretty crazy. It's pretty far out there. Arriving in... New Age Square. Thank you for writing the underground. This is New Age Square. neighborhood of New Age Square. Patchouli lingers in the air and mingles with the armpit hair which sprouts unchallenged everywhere. God, I miss the 70s every day. The 70s, after all, were the, uh, the challenging of conventional dogma really got a foothold in the post-hippie movement. You know, people still want it to be spiritual, so you got this whole spiritual without being religious. Not religious, but spiritual. It's not all bad, but uh, is it logical? What do you make of it? Speaking of the 70s... Hey, hey! Joining us for the first time in the old living room is Juicy Nancy. 
What do you think? Do you know any atheists who believe in magic? I don't I believe that I know anybody with that description. It's new, it's new I, I have heard that it exists. I don't know those <coughs> no, people. No, they're out there, believe me. And, uh, you know, what do you do with them is the question. Can we count on them as political allies? Well, they sh- I mean, they shouldn't want... They shouldn't want the Christian theocracy, right? So they should kind of be on the side of separation of church and state because their version of religion or spirituality, whatever they want to call it, is definitely not what the evangelicals are looking to. Institute. No, they're very much against oppression, and I think that's where that's where our that's where our common line is: is that we don't want to be oppressed by religion in any manner either. And I think that. That's what they. That's what they're all about too. Is is they don't. They're very liberal. They're very. You know, each individual is is important, and that person's rights are and experiences are important. And we need we. That's where our common ground is, right there. Right, because the fact that they are so liberal run them afoul of half of these uh, new atheists that are uh, you know crazy right wingers. Besides the fact that most atheists just won't accept the illogic of. Uh, the supernatural, whether it's God or not God. Certainly some clashes between the more skeptical end of things and their uh, medical beliefs or their beliefs in the power of magical healing and magical thought. There's definitely some some conflict there. What about superstition? anybody got any stupid illogical habits that you just kind of have to do and you can't stop uh you know like when the packers yeah and i i think i have one of those and i can't remember what what it is off the top of my head but yeah something that and i know it's ridiculous it's silly it doesn't mean anything right i won't buy a red car say what because (laughs) i i i Give myself the reasoning that it's because it's it's a target. You know, people see a red car and somehow you manage to end up in an accident. Okay. I won't. All well, right. You sort of have a half logic there. Then. <laughs> well, of course I do. <laughs> yeah, that reminds me, New Age Square, also the realm of pseudosciences. It turns out, uh, not surprisingly, since it's all imaginary, that there are, in fact, as many pseudosciences as uh, your imagination can possibly hold. Way more pseudosciences than sciences, of which there are, are of course, uh, only actually a few. Of course, if you talk to a physicist, you'll find out that there is only one real science. You are a fucking geek. Here now with a partial list of pseudosciences is Young Bobby Science. The pseudosciences include, but are not limited to, Astrology, autodynamics, biodynamics, biorhythms, cryonics, crystal healing, dianetics, electrogravitics, faith healing, graphology, homeopathy, hypnotism, intelligent design, lunar effect, lysenquism, mimetics, naturopathy, parapsychology, phrenology, polygraphy, perpetual motion, reincarnation, anthroposophic medicine, kinesiology, chakra, kundalini, maharishi, ayurveda, zhang fu, feng shui, fate's method, body memory, brain gym, iridology, lightning process, attachment therapy, colon hydrotherapy, conversation therapy, conversion therapy, magnet therapy, primal therapy, urine therapy, zone therapy, radionics, reflexology, Acupuncture, acupressure, chiropractic, cupping, moxibustion, vitalism, channeling, divination, dowsing, ESP, EBP, EHS, NLP, OMM, OMT, TCM, NAET, fortune telling, palm reading, tarot, magic, witchcraft, psychokinesis, apology, seance, Quranic science, Christian science, biblical foreknowledge, geocentrism, megalithic geometry, flat earth theory, hollow earth theory, Bermuda triangle, quantum theory, mysticism, lawsonomy, morphic resonance, pentawater, polywater, virgin field, time wave zero. 
way too many to uh, talk about. Give the old Wheel of Fortune a spin and see which one we land on. Homeopathy. All right, gang, what do we know about homeopathy? <laughs> Uh, it's not a lot. It's a magic potion. I mean, not it, all you're, of it. you're basically taking one part of whatever, like, and the the whole thing is is like cures like. So, say you've got a sore throat or something. So you take like, oh, what could give you a sore throat? We'll take like a piece of ash or something, and mix one part of that with ten parts water. And then mix one part of that with ten parts water, and then mix one part of that with ten, and do that thirty to forty times, where there's nothing left of of the initial whatever it was that you started with ash or um, they do caffeine for sleeping pills, um, whatever it is, there's nothing left. You're you're beyond the limit where there could be any atom of what you started <laughs> off with. Not even an atom. And they do, and it's like a magical ritual on top of it. You don't just do, like, it's not like just, you know, a beaker and a pipette. It's, you have to shake it ten times this way and shake it ten times that way. It's very uh, illogical. It's very... Like ritualistic. Yeah, it's, I mean, if you look into what it actually is, it's not scientific whatsoever. And there's the famous bit that, that James Randi does, and we both saw him do it. Uh, in Madison, where he takes the homeopathic sleeping pills and overdoses on homeopathic sleeping pills, obviously he's fine. There's nothing in them to begin with. Right. So, and it has like the call the poison control line if you and he did, and they basically <laughs> just laugh and go, "Okay, yeah, you're fine," because there's nothing there, and that's that's homeopathy. There is nothing there. You're buying nothing. So is it really just placebo? People think, people think it works, and so whatever benefit that gives them. It works for their bank account, the people selling it. Well, you know, there is there is something to be said for mind over matter a bit, and, you know, there are those yogis that can, you know, with their mind, slow down their breathing and their heart rate to almost nothing. And, I mean, so mind, mind is a lot more powerful than we think it is. So there may be something sort of to it, but not the way that they're... Yeah, yogis mastering a rare physical skill is not the same as watered-down chemical beyond... But isn't that kind of taking advantage of people if you know it's not something that's really going to work? They're just going to think it works? Yeah, well, that's slow, capitalism, slow, baby. Slowing down your heart rate is... is <laughs> Meditation, master, generally. But right. you can't... It's like snake oil, really. I mean, you're just buying something because yeah, you think it's going to work. I never looked into it. People are, you know, I know my mom likes homeopathy and people mention it here and there. I really had no real idea what the hell that actually is because people are really, some people are really hell-bent on the fact that it's double-blind mm-hmm. study effective yeah. and all of this. I mean, my my uncle had a pretty uh, severe case of cancer and somebody told him drinking aloe juice would fix it. Didn't work. So, and it's, it's not the same thing, but... You're still telling somebody that this will work to help cure whatever you need it to, and I don't think that's right. That's just my take no, on it's it. Like, it's a lot like chiropractic. 
that you know most people never really look into it that much they kind of hear about it and oh yeah my my brother gets that and he says it works great so it must be fine but when you really examine the history of what it is it is complete nonsense it's magical thinking from a time outside of science and it's it hasn't to my opinion has no place Is it old? It's not like ancient, but I mean, it's it was developed, I think, a couple hundred years ago. Oh, okay. We interrupt this conjecture with a bit of actual research. Homeopathy was invented in 1796 by a German loon called Samuel Hahnemann, based in part on verifiably mistaken conclusions from his field observations. Enjoying early popularity in Europe, it quickly withered under scientific scrutiny. Conversely, it made no impact on 19th century America, but was reborn there with vigor as part of the New Age movement of the 70s. It's trying to, like, like we use vaccines against viruses, so they give you a little touch of it, so you, you know, you actually build up the... If, if, if you yeah, but if you completely ignore the whole the antibodies actual, and, and the reason why it works, I see. But you can see why someone <laughs> would say, well, maybe since that works, but that was probably long after somebody made them. And it, it has to do with mem with water having memory. Oh, it has memory of the vibrations of whatever was in it, and then you know the the everyone always says, well, okay, well then all water should have memory of everything that's ever passed through it. Yeah. So, <laughs> my mom made some comment about teaching the body how to heal itself. Is that like a bit? It's not homeopathy. That's more of uh, what do they call holistic? Medicine, yeah. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think the Margot uh, thinks it's real. What do you think, guys? Uh, don't be shy. No, no, no. I don't think that that's. I mean, well, but so in the case of peanut allergies, they're giving kids these very, very tiny doses of peanuts when they're younger, and they're curing their I mean, they slowly increase the dose that would normally kill them, and it is actually getting them over their peanut well, allergy. Well, building so, a resist, that's I mean, different, right. too. That's actual science. It's actually, right. there like are peanuts in there if you just give the kid water. Little little. <laughs> right. I mean, that's, there's been cases. That, that's the old take arsenic until you're immune and then poison. Then you can drink out of the same cup. Right. Because you've been Princess Bride. Princess Bride. Inconceivable. Thank you. Inconceivable. Hey, I'm John Delancey, and I'm an atheist, and I ride the Atheist Underground. Gloria. And now, AU's Weather Jesus. <laughs> the Global Climate Report. With a rapturous twist. And now, here's Stormy Joe with a Weather Jesus update from New Hope, Pennsylvania. Thanks, Rob. I'm here in Eclectic New Hope on Main Street at the Ferry Market, Namaste. where everything seems to have some sort of spiritual power. <laughs> Sacred crystals. No thanks. Herbal cures. Pass. Aromatherapy. Smells fishy. Read your palm. Tell the palm. Reflexology. Don't touch me. Two for one. Chart your stars. Homeopathy. Spells and potions. Goat yoga. Hare Krishna. Every sort Hare of juju, Krishna. magic, superstition, and woo has its place here. 
We thought that Jesus might choose this psychedelic circus of pseudoscience to make his reappearance. Wow, this actually sounds like a good start. Ooh, they do have cute stuff here, though. Uh, and here we go. I bought a dream catcher for my niece and a great purse made of hemp. Uh, can we stay on track, please? And here's a booth called Eddie Bowls. Ooh, they have brownies, cookies, and homemade gummy bears. Hey there. Hello, are you Eddie Bowl? Why, yes, I am. And so are all my baked goods. <laughs> wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Uh, that's Shakespeare. Well, Matt Femmaden. He's a Renfair holdover. It's all good. Okay, well, everything looks delish. What do you recommend? Well, the gummies are more cerebral, while the cookies are a nice body relax buzz. What exactly are you looking for? I'm looking for Jesus, actually. I'm on assignment. Oh, well, then you want the brownies then, for sure. Perfect. To please the palate and expand the mind. Mmm, talk about edible. These melt in my mouth. I'll take a glass of juice, too. If you like it, the brownies, you'll love it, the juice. Mmm, that's good, too. I'll have another. And then perhaps a respite for my lady. Yeah, you better chill on those for a minute. Stormy, can you please focus and find somebody to interview for a Weather Jesus update? Can it, Rob? I'm feeling a little weird. Are you feeling okay? I'm totally doing great. I'm reporting for a story on whether Jesus has been spotted. What's your name? I'm Gaia. Is this your first visit here? Yeah, I've never heard of this place before, but it's starting to seem really magic, magical. Is that a unicorn? Oh, you'll love it here. We're a haven for artists and creative types. I've always wanted to be part of an artist colony. I've got talents that I'm wasting in small media outlets. Can you please get us an update on whether Jesus has been oh, seen in New Hope? Sorry, Rob. Gaia, love, can you tell me whether Jesus has been spotted in this town lately? Well, there's a lot of people here who look like Jesus. Ooh, you're right. Eddie. Like that guy who stole me instead. You know we don't judge people on their personal choice of terrestrial image projection. And that guy right there. That's Jim. Yo, Eddie. Sup, Jim. And there, by the river. Stand by, Rob. I may have discovered the Jesus multiverse. What? So many Jesuses. And... Why is your wallpaper moving? <laughs> Did you boneheads give her a brownie? Uh, maybe? Oh my no. goddess. And your crystals have rainbows shooting out of them. Holy shit. It's real. Oh, this is fucking brilliant. You guys know she's never even smoked a weed. What? Yeah, like the driven snow this one. What? Except for the booze lately. Okay, the one walking on the river has got to be real. This is my big shot. Hey, Jesus! It's just a shallow stream. A rill. A rivulet. Anyone can walk across it, dear. Come on. Let's go lay down. Shut up. You don't look like Jesus. You do have kind of a beard, though. Oh, are you Greek, too? You know, I have some stuff for that. <laughs> I found a bearded lady, Rob. <laughs> so funny. Oh, my God, ma'am. I am so sorry. Maybe if you just take her to a this clinic. This is Jormy Stowe reporting that I have found multiple Jesus Christ in New Pope. Pencilly poopy poop. <laughs> and the bearded lady's crystals are magic. And my face is melting. Ooh, Shakespeare, hold the mic. Ooh, a microphone. Forsooth. Forsooth. Feel my face. Feel my face. It's rubber. Nice. You see what your brownie addiction gets you? Rubber, rubber, uh, rubber. I'll take care of her. Don't you worry. Rubber. Come on, dear. 
Let's go watch some TV. Uh, what about the weather report? Shall I assist you, my lord? Uh, oh, please, proceed. It's gonna only get better. A couplet then. The climb sublime when seen in fair new hope through goggles of your favorite psychotrope. <laughs> Available in paperback at Amazon.com and on Kindle eBooks for only $2.99. It's a god, god of, of memes. memes. Here to discuss the book is its newly minted author, Sid Brixton. What's going on, man? Hey, nothing too much. How are you doing? Outstanding. Tell us about the book. Um, yeah, it's taken me about 10 years to write. Um, not straight through. Um, picked it up, set it down, picked it up, set it down. It's kind of weird. It's a fiction, atheist-friendly book. I have atheist and religious characters go through a series of crazy, crazy adventures. It's a sci-fi book. I guess it's kind of for that secular person who maybe um, never had the religious experience themselves. Certain types of atheists or secular people who are never religious think like, God, why do religious people think these like crazy things that aren't true? And you know, how come they're so fanatical about it? So I come from a fundamentalist Christian background. So I wanted to sort of get in the heads of people who are very, very fundamentalist and religious and show things kind of from their point of view. Um, but at the very same time, get in the heads of atheists and secular people and show how they view the religious people in particular, what I'm really fascinated about is um, the process of conversion to a fundamentalist religion and also the process of deconversion, how that happens. Really fascinated by cults and how people get pulled into things and also how people are able to pull themselves out of cults and fundamentalist religions. So I wanted to try to pretty fairly, as fairly as I could, represent both sides. If a religious person does read the book or somebody who's kind of on the fence, um, oftentimes they don't realize that atheists and secular people do understand exactly what they went through, exactly what the religious experience really is. Like we really do know um, about the religion and how they see the world. And some of us have gone through a born again experience and we're no longer religious. And a lot of times fundamentalist people don't understand that at all. They think that, you know, we're just clueless. We have no idea, but we do. At the same time, uh, the book does not shy away from atrocities and like horrible, awful stuff that religion brings. I mean, you'll definitely find it in spades um, throughout this book. Both plot heavy and character development heavy. Hopefully I've captured those two things. So literally 
Um, there's an adventure, a bunch of stuff happens, a lot of chaos, a lot of uh, weird, destructive, bizarre things happen. But it is a story, and it has a story arc. The other theme I was trying to capture is I wanted to take Christianity in this case and just twist it just a little bit. When I was in high school, I grew up with um, a kid whose parents were from India. And, you know, he grew up totally, you know, enculturated in American culture and everything. But in high school, um, he started wearing um, like an amulet with like a cow around it. Like his parents are Hindu. Okay. So this is the 80s, right? And, uh, you know, some kids were like, like, God, that's so weird that Hindus worship cows. Like that's a cow around your neck. And uh, this kid said to them, well... Like my whole life, I've been uh, around you guys with your Roman torture devices hanging from your necks. I mean, that's a torture device, right? Christianity is, has been so powerful and so ubiquitous that like, we lose sight of the fact of how bizarre and how weird and how sadistic um, a religion like Christianity really is. Now, I love the title, A God of Memes. Tell us, is there a story behind that? Some significance there? What's it really, uh, what's the... The idea, you know, was the catchiness, the the the, the viralness of it. And then, of course, I read the Richard Dawkins books, you know, about the selfish gene and all that kind of stuff, where he first uh, sort of coined or popularized um, the word meme. And um, it's taken on a bit of a different meaning, meaning today, like really, really recently. Um, but really what he meant by that was the same way that um, like genes um, carry and encode information or um, like a virus like encodes information then it gets transmitted is really what I mean here and that's the theme another theme that I carry through the book that um, these ideas um, religious ideas um, cult cult like ideas that really care more about the preservation of the religion um, than the individual per se a little humor involved in the in the book. There is some humor, yeah. I mean, at least I think so. <laughs> is there blood and guts? Is there a lot of murder? There is blood, guts, murder, uh, torture, sex, sex, some sex. Sorry, no sex. Oh, well, come on, be. man. It depends. Uh, maybe, maybe in the <laughs> sequel, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is uh, sci-fi, and there are some strange creatures in there. So who knows? Maybe uh, there is, right? It. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. It's uh, it's by Sid Brixton, and I've been meaning to ask you, man. Sid Brixton sounds like <laughs> a, sounds like a reject from the Sex Pistols, doesn't it? So which one are we going to show you, Sid Brixton or Sid Vicious? Well, fuck Sid Brixton's a little bit plain, <laughs> right? So uh, tell us about, uh, it's a pseudonym, I, I don't mind telling the folks, I don't think you mind people knowing. Uh, it's a pseudonym, it's a, it's a writer's name, it's a, a pen name, as it were. Uh, Sid Brixton, how did you choose that name? 
Well, um, it was actually chosen for me by the Secret Service. I am in hiding. The, they found out that I wrote this book and I've been relentlessly hunted um, across several different continents now. There's some kind of algorithm that they work with and they just kind of came up with that. So I, I don't know. I don't even know. Thanks for joining us. Everybody go to ebooks on Amazon or if you have Kindle, I'm sure you can find it right there and it'll show up, they promise, magically on all your devices and you can enjoy a God, God of Memes. This is the Amish Atheist. Reminding you, Atheist Underground is sponsored by Kraft, Kenosha Racine Atheist and Freethinkers. Freedom from Religion in Southeast Wisconsin. Find us on YouTube, Facebook, Tweetbook, and Instapoop. As I walk through the valley where I harvest my grain, I take a look at my wife and realize she's very plain. Here now with secular news and events and commentary is Jojo Vandescoop. In Arkansas, four local residents and the New Jersey-based organization American Atheists is suing Senator Jason Rappert of Conway for violating the First Amendment when he blocked them from his social media page. Attorneys for the senator, who are moving to dismiss the lawsuit, are claiming they were blocked because they violated rules he requires all posters on his accounts to follow. They also said the accounts are strictly personal and not affiliated with his government job. The plaintiffs claim that the senator's status as an elected official and the topics he comments on make his Facebook page and Twitter feeds public forums. I really don't like that our elected officials uh, hang out on social media anyway. <laughs> That's really not the place for them. Is that an issue these days? <laughs> I don't know. These tw the Twitter president? Was he sending people dick pics and stuff? Like That's usually the problem with our officials and social media, is them trying to pick up like underage girls and stuff like that. So uh, The fact that he would block atheists, I, I would like to know like a little bit more of the context of, like he's saying, well, no, they violated, you know, other rules or they said something that he didn't agree with I don't well know. if if it was on facebook facebook has its own set of rules and you i really don't think that you should be able to set your own rules within um your page i mean you're, it's freedom of speech basically and you should be able to say what you want as long as it's not derogatory or breaking any of the rules of facebook itself this one's been out there for a couple of weeks, and the issue is the difference between it's not his personal private page. He's trying to claim it's his personal private page. He was using it as an extension of his government position to advertise, hey, this is coming up. So his, his position when there was objections to him blocking people was, well, no, this is my personal page. But he was advertising things that were from his official position, 
things he had done or issues that were coming so up. He was, he was using it as an extension of, as a communication tool for his office. Right, and basically blurring the lines. Right, and, and once you do that, it's a public forum, and right. you cannot take content-based um, censorship for constituents. You just can't. He's going to lose. Do we know if if AA really <clears throat> like sort of trolled him or put something that might upset somebody, or I, did he just want to block them because he wanted to show he, he that that he would block atheists, and he's coming up with a reason that he did it. Right, you know, it's I mean, closer to that, but I that don't he, know the specifics. They made themselves known as atheists when they commented. Sure. They, I don't remember, and I don't think I actually read what it was they said, and he just blocked them. When you talk about like the conservatives, they're always the, the big free speech people, right? But then you come into a situation like this where it's speech that they don't agree with. Well, they're the worst snowflakes <laughs> when they get bullied. It's just smacking yeah. the bully in the face. It works every time. As soon as you <laughs> punch the bully in the face, they cry and they cry and they cry and they cry. And the Republicans have shown recently that they're that that is what they're all about as soon as you attack them oh it's a war on christianity and oh <laughs> we have our rights are trampled we, 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 we. change your fucking name from <laughs> yeah in this day and age that's an unfortunate name in kentucky john wheeler a member of the Kentucky chapter of the American Atheists, recently spoke to members of the Elizabethtown City Council. In his presentation, he invoked the words of Martin Luther King Jr. and said, quote, You cannot drive away darkness with darkness. Only light can do that. You cannot drive away hate with hate. Only love can do that. Unquote. To conclude his presentation, he asked that in a future meeting, the group be allowed to provide the official invocation. Yeah, I saw that one as well. I think it doesn't look like there's any. There was, they're just like announcing that he did it. It doesn't look like. Is there anything wrong with? Yeah, there what, doesn't I, even look like anybody. I guess I no, it's a matter of was. we're we're now showing that we are part of the community, and they allowed to put in scare quotes allowed him to make a presentation to their council, and he's saying, okay, when it comes time to invocations, we'd like to be in that rotation as well. Yeah, I think that's it's becoming more and more common, right, for atheists to give an invocation. Yeah, one I more step I, forward. I saw uh, Hemet Mehta is going to do one in some town in Illinois soon. Is he really? Yeah. Right around there, probably, or downstate where it's a problem. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure. Doing I it saw Glenn it on his not page, much of a big deal, yeah. like, you know. But but some places are so against it. I don't know. It's just a losing fight. It seems like a stupid thing to try to fight against. To be like, no, it's got to be religious. But we're not promoting a specific religion, but it's got to be religious and, you know, but not also not s Satanist because that's not real either. It, they, they just keep having to hide further and further away. And it's always they're always going to lose because you can't, you, you know, constitutionally, you can't make that distinction. But they always try. and It's like. You're you're just costing the taxpayers in your area money to fight that battle. Just who cares? They let it go, yeah. right? In Poland, atheist politician Robert Biedron has formed a new political party called Wiosna to take on the conservatives beholden to the Catholic Church. The right-wing Law and Justice Party has been in power the last three years. Viozna's agenda includes ending tax breaks for the Catholic Church, 
ending religious lessons in school, and guaranteeing access to contraception and the right to an abortion until the 12th week of pregnancy. Biedron, who was first elected to the Polish parliament in 2011, is also the first openly gay member of the Polish parliament. Can we elect him for our president? <laughs> <laughs> Can we elect anybody? Yeah. Anybody else? And the tax breaks to the Catholic Church are only for the Catholic Church, I wonder? you know. Well, it, there's not really a whole lot of other church. I mean, there's probably... A, like five Jews left in what else is <laughs> in Poland? There's not like anecdotally, you know. My, yeah, uh, but it's, it's all <laughs> my it's my grandparents it. were Polish and Catholic, so they're all they're all Catholic, and they're still Roman Catholic that in Poland. They never took an Eastern Orthodoxy. That's the right. Am I right about that? Because the Pope, I mean, he was the, yeah, he right. Was, he was Polish, Polish. right? So yeah, it's, Pope that's Paul. to yeah. me. I always have to remind myself. You'd think that the, that the Poles would be. Would have their own ortho- Eastern Orthodoxy, like the Russians and the Ukrainians, and all those, but they don't. They're Roman Catholic. So, uh, even though the Pope always has an Italian accent whenever you do a Pope impression, <laughs> I don't care what country he's from. It doesn't matter. Good. He adopts one. Right? I mean, they all have to speak a little Italian. They all work at it. If we, you know, I didn't know there was going to be homework. <laughs> well, you know, it's not meant to be difficult. We just this react would also to what be we another hear. one that would be interesting to follow up on, just to see. Right. I, I what, think that's what really the outcome is on that progressive all around that this guy yeah. has any kind of power in a country like that. He's an atheist. He's gay. He's taken on the Catholic Church. He's my new hero. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. <laughs> Let's look this guy as long up. as he doesn't get lynched, we'll be all right. I, I'm, uh, his name looks French. It's B-I-E-D-R-O-N. I don't know if that's, but if it's Polish. Doesn't sound Polish. It's probably your Biedron, Biedron. If it's, there's some odd Polish names that you don't. They don't all, they never mind, shut up. They're not all skis and bitches. They, there's, I mean, okay, I didn't di- say the it. The ones that sound like Ditka and Butkus, and those are all Polish names. Well, he made it to this podcast. There so we go. He's famous. Everybody waves. love the guy. NanoCon is coming up Saturday, March 23rd, 2019. The annual Nashville Nuns Conference includes speakers such as Anthony Magnabosco, Mandisa Thomas, and Sarah Levin. Tickets can be purchased through Eventbrite or at the website nashvillenuns.com. That's N-O-N-E-S. That's all for New Age Square. Get your asses back on the train. We will see you down the road at Brainford. Maybe we'll have something about actual sciences at the next stop. Now here's a shameless pitch for money from an irresistible little girl. Please give money. Please give lots of money at Patreon.com. Thanks for joining us. So long, everybody. Next stop, Brainford. Brainford is next.